0: Listen in and let something you hear prompt you to take the first step in making the rest your best. Welcome to another episode of Living Your Sparked Second Half. And today is Halloween, and I thought it was a great time to talk about a problem that most of the population has at some time or another. And so the question I have for you today is on Halloween, although when you listen to it, it'll be the day after Halloween or another day because I'm publishing this the day after Halloween, but I'm recording it on Halloween. And I did this intentionally because I want to talk about the mask that many of us wear the other 364 days of the year. And believe it or not, over 70% of pop, of the population is wearing a mask, is living in That's basically what it means. We're wearing some kind of mask to hide who we really are. And isn't that sad? When I found that out and I started studying about personality types and how the mind works in terms of trying to to keep us hidden in a way Uh, we, and I think in particular women who have spent so much of their life raising their kids and investing all their time and energy in these little humans, they really put all the focus on others and pleasing others and, They lose sight of themselves. And we come into this world without a mask on. We come in as bare they come. We pop out and we don't even care that we're naked, which isn't that great. Then as we start to age, we put our clothes on and we hide. And that's the best way I can describe it. And some people love to be naked and that is great, but I think this is the best analogy because I know I don't like to be naked. And so give me some clothes. And is that a form of hiding? It'd be interesting to know if that's the case. But what I do know is because I have worked with a personality expert who knows this stuff and that's where I learned that 70% of the population is wearing a mask. And I, I did a little bit of research before I did this, recorded this, and what I learned from the personality expert, Alex Palos, is that there's kind of three degrees of, you know, how you could tell if you're wearing a mask or not. There's self, there's, there are three stages of kind of coming into your authentic self. So there's first self-denial, that's wearing a mask. And then there's self-actualized and then there's self-transcendent and very few people get to the self-transcendent that's like monk state but i googled it he had told me over 70 percent and um what google said and google knows a lot is 98 percent of the population is not self-actualized and I know that this is a problem. And the way you can tell, there are indications. And so I thought, well, this would be a great episode to do around Halloween because it's like we all got we all wear masks on Halloween, or most of us who go and dress up and have fun with it. I don't wear one on Halloween because I'm just an old fart. <laughs> I, I stopped doing that a while ago when my kids grew up and went, went off on their own. And now I don't even have grandkids close by. So so I just get a kick out of watching everybody else wearing masks. but But I thought it was a really good analogy to talk about if we're really showing up as our authentic self or if you know, we're wearing a costume on Halloween and we just put our other costume on the next day. We're back in our other costume that we wear 364 days a year. And I find it interesting because I thought I was authentic. I was being authentic because I always thought, well, I say what's on my mind. I'm not afraid to speak my mind, but it's so much more than that. It's like, you can speak your mind, but is your mind really in tune with your heart? Is your mind just doing all the things that it thinks it should do? And you can speak that mind. That's fine. But if you're not doing the things that you love, so for instance, you can speak your mind, but You can be somebody who's angry all the time or somebody who's unhappy all the time. Those are feelings and indicators that you're not authentic because when you're in a state of authenticity, you're usually very content and at peace and very happy. And so if these are prolonged feelings and you're in this agitated state and you're speaking up it doesn't necessarily mean that you're truly authentic to who you are deep inside. In fact, those are probably indicators that you aren't. And so how do you get to know that you're wearing a mask or not? So one of the things that I found in my own inauthentic Authenticity. and let me actually read you what authenticity is, because I think sometimes people don't realize what it is. And it's a big word. And I think sometimes it's tossed around. And when I use it, it's to me, authentic, being authentic is being who you were born to be. The definition is authenticity is living your life according to your own needs and values rather than those that society, friends, and family expect from you. Living authentically offers several benefits, including respect from others, the ability to realize your true potential, and happiness, and well-being. So that is what it means. So when you read that the first sentence says live life according to your own needs and that's what i mean by we as moms get off track because we're taking care of other people and it's not just our children it's the role that we play as spouses and all the other things we're doing Some, if they are women who are homemakers, they're involved in volunteer stuff, usually at the school of some sort. If you're a working mom like I was, you're serving your boss, your coworkers, your company. And so we think, we somewhere along the way, we get this belief that, serving our own needs is selfish and that is so far from the truth. And when we deny our needs because we think it's selfish, we're actually denying our authentic self from showing up and shining. So the question that I would pose is, first of all, What are you doing? What are the behaviors that you're carrying out that could potentially keep you from your authentic self or connecting with that truth? And the things that I did wrong that kept me disconnected that I didn't even realize were busy, being very busy, workaholic. And then there's also the procrastinator. So you just aren't necessarily doing, you're doing, but you're doing the wrong things. And so those are kind of behaviors where you are not connected to your needs. And serving your needs. And those your needs are not, let me keep me so busy that I'm stressed and I don't have enough time for myself. The, that's not serving your needs. So those are indicators of behavior that potentially could keep you in a state of inauthenticity. In order to be your authentic self, you have to go on an exploration. It's kind of like a treasure hunt because that's what your authentic self is, a true treasure and you should want to find it. But you first have to know that it's missing. And that's what my whole goal is here. And to ask is how is Halloween really any different than any other day? Because most of us are wearing masks every single day of the year. So and then who? what are you, in what state of being are you operating in? So there's, when I say state of being, a lot of times there's identity, identity terms that are, like they're labels that we carry and the ones that keep you inauthentic are usually the non-serving kind of labels, like a people-pleaser. Are you a people pleaser, a butt kisser. That would be one. A yes, girl, attention seeker. Because if you're trying to seek attention and it can be, you see this a lot in kids, they, and they say this is true. They don't care whether it's negative or positive. You know, a negative attention is as good because it's attention they're getting. And so attention seeking can be like doing things that aren't healthy for yourself to get attention or Whatever you're, you want the spotlight on you, but that means that you're not satisfied with yourself. It's, you have a need externally that you can't feel internally. So that's a sign that you don't know who you really are inside. And then blame finder. Like I, you want to blame other people for stuff. Again, that's externally focused instead of looking inwardly. And Usually when you're in a kind of a blame-finding, judgmental space, then you are, you know, everything that you think and look outward to the world is kind of like you're looking in a mirror. So that's something that is worth thinking about. But these labels, the states of being all have behaviors that are associated with it that are not in line with happiness and well-being and being aligned with your true potential. People who are attention-seeking, blame-finding, people-pleasing type of people, those are not self-serving states of being. So they're outwardly projecting and seeking either attention or satisfaction or or getting value from external sources instead of internal. So that's a good way you can tell people who are living very authentically are very happy in who they are and typically know why they're here and what their gifts are. And they aren't afraid to do that. They're not worried about what other people are going to think if they are going to do what they love. If, you know, people are going to judge them for that, they're like, who cares? Whereas a state of being that is more, is it cares, is going to be more apt to do something that's inauthentic to who they are so they can be liked or they can be approved of. And that's, of course, in your own mind. It's not, you know, what's the saying? You'd be surprised how much people don't think about you. (laughs) We think other people think about us and they really don't. They're thinking about themselves. And so it's, they're in their own state of mind of worrying about pleasing you or blaming you. And so you just need to focus on you and know what serves you and what makes you happy and stop with the guilt and thinking that you're going to fail people if you're not there for them, because if you're not there for you, you'll never be there for other people in the end. So yes, and guilt's a big thing. And that is something that prevents and just as bad as busy and that busy behaving feeling guilty about serving your needs will never get you to that most authentic state. So I just wanted to give some examples and this is not going to be a super long episode because it's just something I was like, I need to talk about this mask thing, especially on Halloween because I think it'll help people. And so Some of the examples in my life where I, when I look back now, this was true inauthenticity, that I wasn't being authentic. Of course, didn't have a clue. That's what the problem was. But knowing how I felt and the feelings that I had, I now know that was an inauthentic state. I chose a major in college based on my mom's advice. That's a sign you choose something as important as a major. A major in college is usually what you're gonna base your career and the rest of your life on, or at least a good portion of it. And it's your profession that you're gonna go into. And so I, my mom, I asked for advice. My mom gave it to me, but I didn't, it didn't make me super happy. It was like, it was logical. Yeah, I get it. I should do that. It's secure. I'll, I, you know, you did it, mom, I'll do it, but it didn't make me excited. And so if you're authentic and you're aligned and you're serving your needs, then that feels good. There's, there's a sense of, ah, that's right. I feel it. It's, it's in my bones. It's right. And my major didn't feel right. And I knew it back then, but I did it anyway. And so is there anything in your life where you're feeling like that right now? Ask that question. Are you giving advice to somebody? And you, that's what we do, right? As humans, we're like, people ask for us advice, we give it to them. How about asking the person instead of giving them advice, what do you think? Or if you say, what about this as a suggestion, say, how does that feel to you? We don't ask enough questions to people and we just want to get them to do what we want them to do. But we, what we ultimately really want for especially the people we love is for them to be happy doing what makes them happy. And so that is how we get the best of them. And it makes our life happier too in the end. The other is I almost chose a job based on my ex-husband's career. And I totally forgot about this. And when I was getting ready for this episode, I remembered it. And I was like, this is a great example. My ex-husband was a police officer and I thought he was making pretty good money because at the time I was a waitress. So I wasn't making much money. And so, isn't it funny? I thought, oh, a police officer makes good money. But yeah, you do get good retirement. Not necessarily such a, I mean, I could say it's a secure job, but it's also a very dangerous job. And I had little kids. And so I don't know what I was thinking, but except, oh, that's what he does. And he has a good salary. It's more than I make now. See, I'm talking myself into this. It's not something that's coming from deep within. And I went and interviewed to be a cop. I went through the whole process to be a police officer. And fortunately, they recognized it. In the process, thank God, and I didn't get the job. And I have no idea why I didn't get the job. Nobody ever told me. But in hindsight, I was so friggin' thankful I didn't get the job. And they probably saw this isn't right for her. She's not aligned in this. She doesn't really want this. They saw that that I was doing it for all the wrong reasons, and I didn't even see it myself. And in, in the end, it was I maybe felt a little rejection, but I got over it really fast. And it was like I, I thank God I didn't get hired for that. I am not somebody who would make a good cop. And I can't even see blood drawn. So anyways, another thing is I accepted a promotion into a job I didn't feel right for to please my boss and to make my parents proud. And plus, it was really good for my ego. I mean, that was kind of nice to get a promotion and a big title. But. It wasn't something that once I started working in the job that I liked at all, I always felt like a square peg trying to be fit into a round hole and got some anxiety attacks as a result, started getting panic attacks at work. Isn't that interesting? That's a sign. (laughs) That's a sign that you're living inauthentically and that you're not aligned. And I know there's a lot of anxious people walking around these days. So if you're somebody who gets anxious a lot, if you're someone who has had panic attacks, you need to connect to who you truly are and stop trying to have this facade and do the things you're doing to because you think it's the right thing to do it's not the right thing for you it's it's our view of what we think how we fit into the larger picture and it you know don't worry about the larger picture Lur, worry about just you and what makes you happy and i believe you have that right especially at 50 some years old or 60 some years old or 70 some years old. You have earned the right to step into who you truly are and to stop messing around with walking around trying to be somebody you're not to fit in or please other people to take the frigging mask off. And then another one, I ended up in a career because I made good money and was good at it. And that is another interesting thing is when we are good at something, we fall prey to, oh, this is what I meant to do. And sometimes those things are the same, but often they're not. We can develop, we are able to develop a multitude of skills and we can be very good at something, but it doesn't mean. It's our purpose or our mission for life or something that we should do is just something we're good at. And so that's something to be considered too. If it's something that feels like effort, when you do it, it's probably not your thing. And it's probably less aligned with what you're meant to do. And when I say being authentic has everything to do with how you feel and what you do in the world what you what your activities are what you do in the world all day because that's kind of what we do we don't just sit in Zen you can be who you are and sit in Zen but you have to get up and do things and you want those things that you're doing to be things that you find real value in that you get very much pleasure from and that make you feel like you're here to do that in some way, shape, or form. It, and another good description is that often when you are doing that thing, you get lost in it, like you could do it and lose track of time. It, it was, you could stay up past midnight to do it and you would be so happy and you would get energized from it. You wouldn't get tired from it necessarily. So the other thing that is a sign is if you're taking action because you think you should or because you think you have to. So those are the warning words that if your inner voice is speaking to you and you're taking action on something, and your inner voice, and you're, and you're procrastinating, for example, and your voice is saying, well, you should do it. You should do it. You you really kind of have to do it. You need to do it. What you sh- When you're aligned and you're being true in terms of what you want to do, it's you want to do it. Like, I really want to do that. And often they're in conflict, too. So you put your mask on and you're like, you should, the mask says, you should do that. You take the mask off and you're like, I want to do that. See the difference? It's like want is this desire based. I want ever and then the the mask easily comes off. Yeah, that's that feels right. It feels right. I want to do that. And then you should do it. Well, let's put the mask on and walk around in our masquerade outfit and be who we're not supposed to be and do what we're not supposed to do because it makes everybody else happy. And then you're miserable or you're not as happy as you could be. Sometimes miserable is people aren't miserable or if they are miserable, they talk themselves out of thinking that they're really miserable. And so instead of Saying I'm miserable, they're like, No, I it 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 could be worse. It could be worse. I know other people who are more miserable than me. So you convince yourself you're not miserable, but you're still not truly happy. And so you're still wearing the mask. So that is what it was. So I have six steps where six steps to help you discover your true self so you can take that mask off for good. And because I like to make this action-oriented, these should help. Be quiet. So for busy people, this will be hard, but you can do it. I know you can do it. So be quiet. You cannot and will not be able to discover yourself until you take the time to be still. This is the one secret tip well, it's not a secret anymore, I guess, but it's the magical, easy, I say easy, step. It doesn't cost anything. It's free, <laughs> but it's, it's hard for people who have lived their life on adrenaline and are addicted to just having a very full schedule. And not serving themselves. It's when you haven't been serving yourself and you've been serving other people, it's very hard to get quiet. So, step number one, get quiet. Realize, number two, who you truly are, not who you want to be or think you have to be or should be. So, in the moment, in the present moment, get present. And realize who you truly are. And that takes being silent. So the be quiet is always going to be first. All right. Number three, find what you are good at and not good at. And I love that because sometimes it's hard for us to come up with oh, what am I good at? What am I good at? Oh, I'm so, so hard to think of what I'm good at. Because we always want to downplay our skills and our talents and those kind of things. And we sometimes don't think our talents, like I, I think I'm really good at, I'm a real good communicator and talk. I like to talk. I have, I love connecting with people. And just, do you really think that's a skill? <laughs> so sometimes you take your stuff for granted. It's well, oh yeah, but everybody can do that, right? Or well, no, that's not really a skill. Like a skill is like knowing how to sing or knowing how to play an instrument. And we, there's skills are a myriad of things. So come up with a list of what you aren't good at. And the other thing that I would like to say along with this is not only find out what you're good at, but what interests you. Because- interest, you don't necessarily have to, if it's a scale, skill you don't have yet, if it interests you, it could be something that, that is yet to be developed. So make that list. and But I would say make it a two-columned list. What am I good at? And what am I not good at? And what am I interested in as well? And what am I not at all interested in? All right. Number four, Find what you are passionate about. Like when you make that list, star the things that when you excite you the most, and if you had to prioritize which things you'd want to do first, that's the things that you would be most excited about, I'd like to think. Number five, ask for feedback. So it's always good to get somebody else's viewpoint. But I would say with a word of caution is it goes back to what I was saying with advice is don't let somebody tell you what should be on your list. But I will say that sometimes the people who truly love us and what's best for us, sometimes they know better than we, because if we're wearing a mask, have you ever had a friend who knows you like better than you know yourself? Like she could finish your sentences, that's the kind of person you want to ask because they know you without your mask on. And so they might give you some insight you don't have. But I will also say, lean into your feelings when you're getting this feedback because if something's like, no, you know, it's a hard no, you know, feel it in your body. If you you know in your body. And if it's kind of like a little butterfly, like scary, that might mean, oh yeah, that that interests me. That's something that I I think I'm passionate about, but it's kind of scary. I think public speaking's one of those things. I know I'd like to public speak, but when I think about public speaking, I want to get up on stage and I want to say something powerful that's going to make somebody's world spin. So they leave and make a big change in their life and they end up having a life they never thought possible. I would love to be that kind of a speaker. But then when I think about, oh, my God, getting up in front of a room in of people and I don't really know how to speak and I don't, you know, blah, 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 I, that that sounds, that's scary. That's scary. So you have to detect, you know, is your reaction, is your feeling reaction kind of this butterfly scary kind of thing? Or is it like a re- repellent? No, hard no, I would never want to do that. Because there are some things that I think we could be very good and very passionate at, but because it's something new and something outside of our comfort zone, we might put it on the no list, but it, sh- it should not necessarily go on the no list. So yeah, and then number six, assess your relationships. So this is one that I think is important and should never be overlooked because who you spend your time with influences you and you wanna make sure that you're not around people that are so heavily like in your head like I, when I when I think about that, I think about cliques in middle school. You know, the girls that are the leaders of the pack, and they would get the girls who are more the followers to do things that they wouldn't necessarily do, like skip school or steal makeup or something. But this in the adult scenario, there are people that you could be around that are influencing you in ways that aren't authentic to you. Do the people that you associate with share the same values? Do you even know what your values are? I didn't. I went through this doing my values exercise and I was like, oh my God, I'm like 60 years old and I haven't ever done this before. (laughs) It's it's kind of eye-opening. You won't know who you are. It's very hard to know who you are if you don't know what you value in life. And so you, it's really important to recognize who you associate with, who's in your life, and if they share the same values. You're closer to your authentic self when you're living and behaving those values and you're discussing those values or the discussion that you have is centered around the values you share, right? So it's kind of that wants to be a theme of your life. And if the way you show up in the world is contradictory to those values, yes, indeed, there's going to be a lot of disconnect with your authentic self. There's going to be a lot of mask wearing. (laughs) So we want to take that mask off. We don't want to be wearing a mask after Halloween. And we want to figure out how to do that. And that's how to just my suggestions on tips to, get back to your true self and it's the person that you came here naked into the world as and and life got a hold of you for some reason and it happens to the best of us and it happens to the majority of us. So you are not abnormal if it's happened to you. So hopefully this has helped and I want you to be living your most sparked and authentic life. Have a good week. Thank you so much for tuning into the Living Your Spark Second Half Podcast. If you'd like to watch my guest interviews, you can find the video version of this podcast on my Not Your Average Grandma YouTube channel. Also, you can check out what I have going on at the moment by going to my website at notyouraveragegrandma.com or find me on Instagram or Facebook at Not Your Average Grandma. If you like this episode, please mention it to a friend and don't forget to leave a review so I know the topics you like best and can bring you more of that content in upcoming episodes. Last but not least, remember to always listen to that inner voice that will never steer you wrong and make living from the most sparked place possible your biggest priority. When we do that, we make the world a better place.